0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A fine balls McWednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff, that is Tom, Director Matthew in the house for usual. And you're you listening to us and or watching and we do appreciate it. Thank you for that. If you are watching the show be conducted... Go to, uh, there on Warchant TV, make sure you like, subscribe, share, celebrate, pass out the goods, uh, on Twitter, it's at Cameron Show, and, uh, yeah, man, so today, obviously we'll start right now with, I was at practice yesterday, and I'll tell you what my thoughts were on that, uh, but then, uh, also as we get towards here, the, uh, the actual game itself on Saturday. There's so many things surrounding the game that we have to make you aware of that uh, we'll be we'll be getting after, and we're excited about. Uh, that uh, I'll, I'll lead with that, but also note that um, Rising Spear has obviously been uh, making the rounds this week. Smart of them to do so. I did this interview with them yesterday. Uh, it was uh, my great pleasure to do so. Those guys were great and informative, and we'll we'll. Play that for you uh, at the bottom of the hour. So uh, if you if you haven't had a chance to hear from uh, the folks at Rising Spear and, and their NIL efforts, um, then um, then you're going to learn about it um, here on the Jeff Cameron Show and what they're doing. And we will play that for you at 1.30, The interview I did with them yesterday. So look forward to that. That's coming up. We also did an interview. I did an interview uh, with Jay Revel. Uh, many of you out there are aware of who he is. He's an author. Um, he works in PR for his career, but he's a kind of a local historian as well. And, uh, you know, a guy who's an avid uh, golfer, a really good one at that. Uh, and we kind of talked about the Masters and Tallahassee's ties to the Masters. And um, we're going to play that tomorrow. I did that one yesterday as well. Uh, got an opportunity tomorrow, Tom, to talk to Jamie Robinson. So I'll be talking to Jamie Robinson tomorrow. A lot of interviews this week. A lot of good stuff as we build up towards the spring game and, and we celebrate the week that is with the Masters starting. Of course, uh, Major League Baseball begins tomorrow, and on Friday we'll be at uh, the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Baseball will be on. The Masters will be on. We will have an opportunity to um, – to hang out and take questions and meet and greet and have some beers and all that good stuff. That's from the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Of course, the show will be the show from 1 to 3. We're at Hotel Indigo on site 12 to 3 on Saturday, day of the game. Uh, Tom and myself will be doing the pregame show beginning at 1 o'clock. 12 o'clock, like I said, we'll be there. Anybody wants to come on by, say, hey, it'd be great to see you, hang out, talk some Fort State football. Uh, and then Tom and I go on the air at 1 o'clock for the pregame show as if it were a regular game, um, you know, like it is during the season. Tallahassee game day, if you will. Have a good time with that. During the game itself, Tom's putting in the time, baby. It's a war champ watch-along, and Tom and Gene will conduct that. Uh, that goes on for the game itself. And then after the game, a post-game call show. I'm going to be intrigued uh, by this. Uh, you know, listen, more content is not a bad thing. Giving people options is not a bad thing at all. Just kind of curious what the response will be. Because a spring game can be difficult uh, for a watch-along. I, I mean, I don't envy you guys. Uh, you'll You'll definitely do it because you're talented, but it's a, it's a hard thing because yeah, they don't make, right. they don't make it like a it, it, it's not always like it doesn't look like a game you know there's some things or aspects of it that don't always look like a game
1: yeah and you're not saved by the fact that there are you know ten to fifteen games of note running concurrent to what Florida State's it's not a fall Saturday no if it was a fall Saturday yeah. the watch along is an easy thing to do sure. But I talked to Gene about it this week, and he said, "Hey, you know, if we've got to fall back on a Masters update or two, it's not the worst thing in the world." I said, "You're, you're, you're correct. It you're is moving correct. day. Yeah, I will have moving day up on a television screen. So, good idea."
0: Well, and I think the call-in show will be interesting because people kind of they look at this now as their their final chance and opportunity to to assess, weigh in, talk about, panty about their idea of where the program is, should be, where they want it to be, and you know, you got to wait. Uh, you got to wait until uh, the fall, until we get uh, moving. But I will say this. April, in my my recollection, is that April flies by because it, it all builds towards this spring game. You get excited about it. Of course, we got the Jeff Cameron Show slash Warchant Invitational coming up on the 15th. We got a lot of things in the coffers that we're excited about. And when you come up for air after that, it's like April 20th. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, we're nearly to May. And you know how goofy I get around May. A, we take vacation. Uh, some of us uh, intermittently in and out. Uh, but, hey, that's good news. Yeah, but also, um, but also, we do we, we do start to count the days because summer summer hits and you realize like okay, we're a stage away. We're we're not that far away. It goes fast.
1: Well, I could tell you too with this gig around versus the radio days when it was only radio you know, you get past July 4th holiday, and it's, it's, it's in earnest because yeah. the ACC kickoff is not that long after that, mm-hmm. and then you've got preview for camp. Camp's going to start a little bit early this year because we've got a game on the 27th of Man, August. And you better
0: prep for that Duquesne game.
1: Right, so enjoy June is basically what I'm, you know, saying to myself. Enjoy June. July's well, going to
0: get uh, fast
1: right after the holiday.
0: Yeah, and June is always on the mind of people because of my birthday. So, you know, like a lot of people are already thinking about June, probably in April probably thinking, yeah, Jeff's birthday is coming up. Damn. You are like a lot of people, though. You know, it's just like a lot of people in one. So, that, that, <laughs> yes, a lot
1: of people are thinking about June 11th. Right? Uh, yeah. uh,
0: all right, so practice yesterday. You know, Mike said afterwards, and and it was an interesting practice because it was disjointed. You know, they were trying to have a game over there, a baseball game. And uh, I don't know, they, they don't have a weather app. Over there? I what, what's the story? Uh, they delayed
1: first pitch to five. It was like, well, if you're going to start, you have to start earlier.
0: First of all, if you're going to try to play a game, get a game in yesterday, you should have thrown the first pitch at noon. I mean, what, what are we doing? Agreed, yeah. yeah like, yeah. what are we doing? The weather app tells you what you need to know. What are we waiting on? Let's go. But whatever. So, did
1: Jayville have to drive over here?
0: I suppose so. Yeah, oh, they were here. Man. I mean, they had operations, stadium operations were up and running. People were walking around with beers. Um, You know, they had the lights on, the music blaring, everybody's ready to go. And I'm, like, sitting there going, you guys aren't getting this game in. They played the national anthem. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you see that thing? <laughs> it was, like, pitch black. Like, this is not going to happen. As soon as they finished the national anthem, <laughs> that's it. And Thanks then what, later. you were
1: ushered into the IPF at yeah, that point?
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then we went into the IPF, and you're like, All right, well.
1: It's your favorite place.
0: (laughs) I hate it. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad they have it so they can get work done. But it's stuffy. You feel just it's on you, man. It's just on you. oh that fat guy's breath is all over me. I hate it. <laughs> you got to move around from that sideline. Oh line. no, I was on the. I go straight to the other side. Yeah. I'm as far away from. I'm a wandering soul during those you're practices. Still all up in there, man. No, no.
1: Is this leftover COVID
0: anxiety? No, What's going I on here? I never had COVID anxiety. I'm just. It's damp and dank and nasty as hell. It just stinks. It's eight years old. It's, it's not that old. Fat, sweaty people every which way to Sunday. No, man. We need to be out in the open Weird. air, in the very, open air.
1: Very different experiences. Well, they have the huge doors open, so you have good, you know, it's circulation. It's
0: terrible circulation. There's virtually zero circulation in that what building. World. Virtually zero. It's awful. Uh, but anyhow, I, being a soldier, wanting to get the information for the people, I was there standing tall, watching every single play in that uh, IPF, and- uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. Mike, I think Mike was happy because the intensity was there, Tom. And we're only allowed to relay certain specifics, so I can't get too detailed here. Uh, I didn't think it was a great practice. He did. Uh, I will concede that I don't know the objective. Like, So, for example, we, both of us, let's say, no matter or anybody for that matter, no matter how football knowledgeable you are, you don't know every individual's assignment on a play for example you do you understand the concept but teams can execute those concepts differently and have different responsibilities and leverages based on the what they're working on defensively or what the drill is and so a lot of times you know, I'll see something and I'll think, well, that, you know, that was disjointed, didn't work, timing was off, whatever it might be. But I don't, he could look at that as a success because maybe they're just looking at a block, uh, you know, a, a decision made by the quarterback. Or, yeah, I
1: don't care if it's a play against us. Just right. do prove to me that you can be here and for this purpose. When you're supposed to yeah, do the play,
0: yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, the that's what I mean it's kind of like this idea that, all right, well, I'll concede. I don't know the objective on that play or what the responsibilities were on that play. So maybe he looks at a play. It fails miserably in terms of gaining yardage, completing the pass, catching the ball, whatever it might be. But everybody did what they were supposed to. Then he's, in in his mind, he's going, all right, good. They know the concept. They understand the play. They, They know what they are supposed to do. And that could be a success, admittedly. But in terms of any sort of rhythm uh, or you know, successful back-to-back-to-back plays or series or anything like that, I don't think you saw a lot of that yesterday. And I think it's because they're, they really are manipulating this offensive line and experimenting with guys, and they've admitted that in post-practice wrap-ups time and again, so I'm not talking out of school, you got a lot of guys playing a lot of different positions, a lot of youthful players that are not going to start this year, who they're trying to get reps with, they're trying to see how they do in certain matchups against first team, second team. In addition, they were holding you know, a couple guys out. They admitted that after practice, too. So you got bumps and bruises towards the end of spring football. You're going to hold some guys out, You know, some more serious than others, you just don't know. And so... If you don't have your starting offensive line out there consistently because you're juggling or they're holding somebody out for a day or whatever it might be, the bottom line is this. If that group is going against a first-team defensive line, they got zero chance to block them. And I also argue that even when the starters are in there and the the guys that I project as starters anyhow on the offensive line, even when those guys are out there, if they're going against the true first-team defense, they are not successful uh, enough to ever really develop, not consistently, anyhow, develop any sort of offensive rhythm. So it makes it hard. It's just going to be de- because 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 that defensive line is legitimately good. It's legitimately good.
1: Well, it sounds like the defense was in a rhythm then. It's all about perspective. We yeah. look at it from yeah. offensive perspective, but the defense is. No, so the defense is very good since that Thursday, that fateful Thursday, where they got absolutely, you know what, all over. They did. Yeah, they have responded and well, time and again. And I'm going to tell you,
0: man, I don't think we're – my opinion is that we are not going to be waiting very long at all for Azaria Thomas to play meaningful reps. Like, I don't think that we're going to be like, well, you know, maybe midseason. No, man. Dude is going to play. He's going to play, and I think he's going to play a lot. He is good. Just straight – no qualifiers. He's good. And that's exciting because – It means you hit, obviously, on your assessment, your evaluation, and your recruitment of said player. You got a guy that looks the part, walks the part, thinks the part, and acts the part. He is all of it. When you watch him play, he's just straight-up good. And I think he, and it 's not he 's not good because he 's going up against a mediocre receiving core he 's not good because it 's by way of comparison to other guys that have played that position recently, and we know Florida state 's been down No, he 's just good. You can tell that plays anywhere so i can 't speak high, more highly of of a player uh, that 's an incoming player than I can of him a z thomas is uh, a good football player. And it's exciting to watch that. And he's only going to get better, obviously, as he gets more experience. I think Sam McCall, too, will get better and better. He's got a longer way to go in terms of an understanding of what they're trying to do, in my estimation. But the athleticism and the length and all that, that's there. And the
1: physicality. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, he's very physical. He's physical enough that you might wonder in time if he becomes a safety. Because I think he's got the body type to be a safety.
1: They've been asked that question a bunch even when uh, signing day. You know, he, it was official. But uh, for now, he works at corner, and I think he might be just fine there. Especially, he might, he
0: might. But yeah, I think he could become a safety. You could also play in a
1: slot. That's a more physical position to play too. Yeah, because he's got the range to go up against a taller slot target, like a you know a six five receiver or a tight end.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, listen. They did well there. You find guys on that side of the ball that they've really done a good job. I mean, in recruiting, if we're just talking about looking at kids and their potential, either some this year, some in the years to follow. Listen, you you get excited about lions. I get excited about lions. We both get excited about Bishop Thomas. You, there are guys out there you look at now, and you uh, Hester. I like Hester's body type to be that young. Now, yeah, he's not your he's not your prototypical end at that. He's side. a college end. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's yeah. gonna
1: play in college. We'll see if he grows into yeah. a different frame. Yeah, but he's
0: a, he's he's a thick kid though.
1: He is. Well, and he's quick. He's just yeah. deceptively yeah. quick. And yeah. that was the one thing I, I found it strange, the argument—well, not the argument, just the debate you guys were having yesterday on Headlines about the defensive interior. I mean, like That's the deepest position on the team. I, I don't know where the concern of depth is uh, for the defensive interior because a guy like Daniel Lyons could contribute right now for five to ten reps a game. He doesn't have to have the fundamentals. Sometimes you don't. If you just know how to whip a guy, you know how to beat a guy. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's seven reps against LSU— and it gives Lovett or Cooper a much needed breather, and Robert Cooper is going to need more of those than Fabian Lovett will. Then that's invaluable for your yeah, first. Yeah,
0: that was Corey's concern. I, I, yeah, I don't necessarily feel that way. He does. Um, I, I'm. I think if you're having, listen, I will begin and end my concerns, even though there are other places I could direct my, uh, you know, overriding worry. I will begin and end my concerns with this offensive line, man. I'm just telling you th- th- this I, I, I don't believe in them. I don't think they're good. Uh, and I and I'm worried about depth and I just that group up front has got to take a big step forward and soon, Tom, I'm tired of this talking point. I'm tired of seeing it. It's driving me nuts. And of course that doesn't solve the problem. and the world doesn't stop and start with my concerns. but that is my concern, dude. We cannot have this group up front be what I think they are. And I think they are at best, with everybody healthy and everybody starting as they should, average. At best, maybe. That that is my – now, there are plenty of people who might disagree with that. Mike Norvell might disagree with that. But my thought is they're not not good up front on the offensive line. I don't think they are. And, and it would be a
1: long summer with that talking point.
0: <laughs> it is. And you bring up the point to me a lot, and you're not wrong on this. And I, this isn't even me being negative. This is just a fair-minded assessment of that group. You can get better. Guys can get stronger and get better. This camp has been a big part of that.
1: We believe in the- Alex Atkins to do that, too.
0: Well, and I love him as a coach. You know, one doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the other. I I think their problem has less to do with uh, an understanding of how to play the position, uh, a a you know a scheme issue. No, none of that. That's Alex is Coach Atkins is a great coach. I feel very good about the fact that he's here, and I got no problems with him. I think it's the clay they're working with, man. I just think it's the clay they're working with. I mean, you, you are not going to make a beautiful uh, sculpture with what they have to work with right now.
1: I think also, and this is, you got to be real careful here, but in my assessment, I don't know that they're running the offense that they'll run in the fall because they're experimenting with what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. As in, it, it, their, their playbook is open wider. They want to see what they can do rather than siphon it down to perfect what they know they can do Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I think some of the things these guys are being asked to do is about fact-finding, and they're learning in a bad way. Here are the facts. (laughs) You you can't run an offense straight up like you want to run, but you're going to be better at what you did last year because Jordan's better, the receivers are better, and the offensive line as a whole has improved. It's just that you can't run three yards in a cloud of dust if you want to do that. So these angles that you're trying to create – you could do so with better proficiency, and you have a quarterback who's got a much calmer head on his shoulders than he did, say, September of last season. So all these things are going to portend of more excellence and explosive plays on offense. It's just, you know, if you wanted to run it like we're going to be able to run it in two or three years if you're an optimist about where we're going, then we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You think the offensive
0: line's improved? Yes. Yes. I'm not sure I agree. It's Jeff Cambridge ninety 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Make way to have an opportunity to play the interview I did yesterday with two of the board members of Rising Spear, and uh, it was good to talk to both Lance and Matthew. And and you know I think uh, honestly, um, kind of a fact finding mission of our own there. Just yeah. Asking how things
1: work. If you've seen the interview with Wake Up and uh, Corey and Aslan did earlier in the week, this has a couple of different questions principally different questions. Uh, We wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a complete redux uh, for, you know, obviously the audience that consumes all things Knolls. Sure. So uh, we get into some fun stuff about how the sausage is made, kind of.
0: Yeah, uh, so, so, uh, again, Lance was great, Matthew was great, and we appreciate their time. I don't know if... I could do much more this segment than to expand or expound on what I said as we went to break and then quickly move out of the way so that we come back and play this interview. I'll just say this again. You know, there there are some guys that are in and out of the lineup right now, so I want to make that abundantly clear about the offensive line. I'm not going to get specific. I'm just saying that there are guys that are there some days, not other days. Some guys miss time. Other guys come back just as another guy is forced to miss a day or whatever it might be, right? And, again, we're not allowed to talk about injuries. So, you know, Suffice to say that it's a football camp and people get dinged and they miss time. And, and so the problem is they lack depth. And because they lack depth, if a starter, God forbid, too, has to miss any time in these practices on the offensive line, they can't play. They can't. That's how thin they are in terms of ready-to-play right now, big-time college football, offensive lineman on the roster. And if I, if I could just say, it is exhausting to have this conversation again. It's not, I mean, I'm not, like, pointing the finger at any one person. It's just, damn it, man, with this. I am so tired. We really thought that we were going to get to a place, and quickly, where this is not the talking point, the omnipresent, in perpetuity talking point about Florida State football.
1: We're getting to a place where it isn't. They brought in five that, listen, if you look at Daughtry Richardson and and Kaniya and what their raw abilities are, they ain't playing this fall. But you look at what the raw abilities are, it looks like the evaluation is good on the offensive line, just as it is for the newcomers on defense who are going to contribute right away. Different position, different ramp-up to being college-ready, power-five-ready. But if you've got three more on the way that are highly rated, then perhaps next year you can roll out and do a youth movement with redshirt freshmen who are ready to go, at least one or two of them. That's yeah, going to help yeah, fortify yeah. the ranks. But again,
0: we're having the conversation about not this upcoming year, the following year. And we've been having that conversation for a long pre-Norvell. But do you think
1: that the actual substance of the uh, the cavalry on the way was as real as it is now? I, no, no. I, I'm not apt to believe that. I think this time, well, with Atkins and Norvell's ability to circle the players they want, I think they've hit, at least from the indication of the two EEs, I'm like, okay, well, if the rest of them look like that, you're going to have two of them ready to go next year, I would think.
0: Yeah, and let me answer a couple questions here. Um Briley says that, uh, you know, we got to wait, withhold judgment until we get to the fall. Yeah, I'm not saying that, I mean, they don't have to go play a game tomorrow. If they did, they'd be screwed. Uh, on the offensive line they'd be screwed if they played anybody with a pulse defensively with this offensive line as currently constructed with some people in and out of the line about and I, I, Norvell went
1: on record saying that Darius Washington is likely not going to play on Saturday, on Saturday and Saturday. he'll be back likely in the summer.
0: Right. So so, so yeah. a key member of your starting offensive yep. line won't be there this Saturday we don't think and he, you know I can you know he he's, he's missing time, and, and and if that happens, then, you know, that, that's a big hit because they don't have a viable player right now that you say, okay, well, to replace him, we'll put this guy here and everything's okay. Well, everything's not okay. Uh, I think Bless Harris can play, so, you know, that, that was a good get, but they're going to need the, their, their starters. They're going to need those guys to stay healthy and you hold your breath uh, because I don't think they're going to be as deep as we had hoped that they'd be, and... That's disconcerting because it's a position where injuries happen, and obviously in the trenches you do need depth, and and that's just worrisome. Well, I think
1: the solution you're looking for is more guards. At, At this point, I've gone from you need a tackle to no, why are we even messing with this? If you've got Scott, Washington, and Harris as your three tackles, and you've got potential development solutions with an Estes or a healthy Schrader as an emergency backup, if you can go get a guard in between now and the fall, Best player one.
0: available on the offensive line is who I'm going to get.
1: Correct. But now, now I, if I could have my druthers and it was 50 50, first yeah. I'd take yeah. both, but uh, yeah. it would be a guard.
0: I was talking with a, a, a fellow member uh, of the beat yesterday, and uh, I, we were going back and forth about because right now, as you round camp, when camp rounds up and, and it's almost over, everybody, what's on their mind is okay, team's better really like this guy and that guy, we, individuals that have stood out in camp we can all agree on, certain other players that are newcomers that you're excited about. And, uh, and so there are plenty of aspects of this team that have gotten better and that I am excited about. But, but you, you watch, and then you, so then everybody goes, well, whoa, what do you think they need? Camp's over. You know, that's it. What do they got to go get? And you compare your notes because what you're comparing is what you thought going into camp and then where you're at now. We thought going into camp you might need to go get a quarterback now. I'm pretty sure all of us would agree they don't need to go get a quarterback. They're going to be all right,
1: especially at the expense of a roster spot for an extra offensive lineman. Right, right. So you say,
0: you know what? Don't go get a quarterback. They're going to be all right there. Um, they're not going to be world beaters at quarterback, but they don't. You don't need to go get anybody. Plus, it'd be hard to find somebody who fulfills that role right. of the guy that you're. You know,
1: not before you need another linebacker. Not right. before you need an offensive line.
0: So the game you and I played on Monday was okay. You got three or you got five. What? What? You know. Helpless four, whatever you got, right? What are you getting? And I played that game yesterday with uh, a fellow media member, and they said, uh, would you be opposed to getting four offensive linemen? I went, no, 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 I'm good with that. You can go do that. If there were four good ones available, I'm not talking about slappies. I'm saying, like, you go get four guys that can come in and play at the same level or anywhere close to the same level that Dylan Gibbons did? Oh, yes, yes, sign me up. That
1: would be the luckiest transfer portal sequence of all time.
0: But but you can start thinking that way these days. You never could have in the past, but it it does exist. I mean, you just brought in Bless Harrison. He's better than you thought he would be right off the bat. Gibbons you got after spring last year, and he came in and was the best offensive lineman you had. They exist. There's a couple of them out there. Kids do get pissed. They do want to leave. They do find out after spring football they're not going to start or this wasn't what they thought it was going to be and they're ready to leave. Find those kids.
1: I'm sure we can expand on this in the coming days and certainly the pregame show on Saturday. Lord knows there'll be enough time on War Chan TV to talk about this. Yes. But yeah. Now that it's likely, given what Mike said yesterday, practice, post-practice, that Darius Washington is done for the spring, I don't like him at guard. He's a better tackle than he is at guard, I think. Now, perhaps there's some seasoning that could be done in the summer, and in fall camp, it's a long camp. So maybe there's development to come, but yeah. I, I think he's he looks much better at tackle than he does at guard. So that's why I'm thinking go shopping for a guard. I don't know about this versatility that they're all talking about I, I don't know. Perhaps it's a tough ask because you're going against Lovett and Cooper every day. But well, that,
0: and, and, to some and, degree, yeah, but it just, it's yeah. a different
1: position. It's not exactly the same.
0: Yeah, and in fairness, uh, I do legitimately think that Big Coop is going to have a big year. And I think Lovett is a beast. And I do think there's talent on this defensive line. So they're not getting whipped by bums. They, they're, they're getting whipped by some really quality players. So uh, that is in fairness. But, you know, you're going to face some of those.
1: The other thing is in the transfer portal... You know, it can be helped by
0: an NIL organization, perhaps. Yeah. It's not just for high school kids. I see you serving it up. I do want to say this, uh, Eric, I saw your post and your contribution. I will circle back and get to your question and read it and all that good stuff uh, when we have a chance to talk. Uh, Same with everybody else that has been uh, weighing in here. No, We really do appreciate it. It's just... uh, I'll have to – well, I, I, John just said Atkins will get this offensive line figured out. Trust the process. I trust the process. I just need better players. I need better clay to work with. Atkins will get it figured out. I just need him to have better players to work with. So let's get to the getting. Uh, coming up next, my interview conducted yesterday morning with the fine folks from Rising Spear. You'll get, uh, I think, some real inside information and insight into how they work, how they operate, what their goal is. It's all coming up next. Jeff Caber Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.
2: Shopping Center, online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
0: Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. All right, so we've all speculated and talked about a lot of what Florida State has to do. How how does Florida State get in the game, given that NIL is the real deal? This is where we are. Uh, This is the new reality. Well, thankfully... It does look like Florida State has an organization that is taking the bull by the horns and making it happen. Rising Spear is that organization. You'll see them throughout this week and the build up to the spring game, of course. Risingspear.com is the unveiled website that I would invite you to go check out right now and go kind of do what I did, which is navigate that and have some fun with it and uh, and kind of learn what they're all about. But joining me, to talk about what they're about and how they got started and what their goals are. Matthew Quigley, Lance Barton, directors on the board there with Rising Spear, and they join us now on the Jeff Cameron Show. Uh, good day, gentlemen. Good to have you both on board here, and uh, I hope, hope this finds you doing well.
3: It's a beautiful yeah, day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we,
2: Jeff, we can't thank you enough. You know, it, oh, sure. it is, it's, the t- it's the time to rise for, for Florida State. We need all the fans to, to hit risingspear.com.
0: Well, we're all Knowles here, and we all want the same thing. We want Florida State to do well. We want Florida State to be able to compete, and we want Florida State back in their rightful place, obviously, amongst the nation's elite football programs. I, I want to know uh, big-picture stuff. You've probably had to answer this a lot, but, uh, you know, with each new show that you do, different audience and some more people on board, how did you come together? How did this get started? Talk a little bit about the genesis of Rising Spear
3: matt let me take that so so i uh, i was invited to be on the board of rising spear by bob davis and alan flamenhoff probably eight months ago uh, and i think they wanted just some some leadership out in the field uh outside of tallahassee maybe bridging some age gaps et cetera et cetera uh, with a lot of connectivity in, in the um, in the alumni space and and so in the in the enthusiastic football space which i think all of us are in Um, And so um, we started to uh, get some traction last fall. Uh, I found Matt Quigley. He found me, who's on this call with us, obviously. And and Matt's really taking a leadership role in this crowdfunding, rising spear, groundswell effort that we're we're getting behind this week and will carry on into into perpetuity. Um, You know, there's a lot of Seminoles out there. God knows there's over 300,000 alumni uh, and there's less than 10,000 that are boosters. Uh, And if there's ever been a time that we need boosters, it's now. And one of the challenges we've always had with FSU has always been the proximity or lack thereof of Tallahassee after you graduate. So do you stay connected or not? Do you move back home to Miami? I think when I was there from 88 through 92, half the school was from Miami. Do they come back to games anymore? They stay passionate. And therefore, do they they contribute and do they participate uh, in, in what it takes to be successful? And we all know how that's changed in the last 10 months. And, and so our goal um, in the genesis is really to get a groundswell a, a, a base that that has got phenomenal uh, uh, bandwidth around the state and, and all over the US. And there's a lot of folks that are on your website, Jeff, and, and they're on others and, and they always check out recruiting and, and, uh, and, and they and they love the whole the whole process they get they get involved. Uh, Buy it, and then they get totally engaged on signing day. It's the other season, as we all know. It's the game you got to win. The win on on Saturdays in the fall, and and uh, and we're trying to engage all those folks. And so, uh, you know, uh, Matt joined our, our our board here about four or five months ago. Is a tremendous job. This week's a big week. I'll let Matt fill you in some of the details, but we're we're going social media. We're going podcasts. We're going we're going we're going webexes. We're doing conference calls like we're doing right now. So it's it's an exciting time for rising Sphere.
0: Well, I, I'll, I'll be uh, blunt. I always am. You guys cut to the chase. I, I like that so far from from recognizing what you've organized here, and that is the reality is, hey, look, the state law may have hamstrung the schools in the state a little bit. I don't want to go down that road and talk about that. We know what that is. It's unfortunate. We'll see if it gets changed down the line. But you soldiered through that out of love of school and passion for the programs. And uh, basically this is a group that you guys aren't making any money off of this, and I think that's what a lot of people want to see. They want to see, like, okay – well, well, if I donate, if I become a member, if I become a $500 a month guy, if I'm any of these things that they would want, where's my money going? Well, it's going to the student athlete, 100%. That's where it's going. You're not making money off of this. Am I correct in stating that?
3: Yeah, 100%. you're spot on,
0: Jeff.
2: There, there's, there's zero revenue being made, right? Uh, we are extremely fortunate that our co-founders and our board of directors have, have stepped up to the plate and they are covering all basically of the administration costs as well as the Zimmerman agency. You know, they've donated a ton of time in developing our website. Curtis Zimmerman and his team were were phenomenal, as you can see. So we can't thank them enough. Our board of directors completely stepping up, covering uh, all the admin costs. So 100% of the funds that come in are going to the student athletes.
0: Now I want to ask you, as we'll continue to Flash the website and tell people how they can be involved. And it is a big week. Obviously, we all get excited about the spring game. We, we want to watch Florida State climb and get back to where they are. We're all going to be in attendance. And there are special benefits for people that are donors and are members of Rising Spear. All of that I know we can get into. But I, I'm curious, like everybody else. So I'm a huge college football fan. Obviously, our passions lie with the Knowles. But this has been it has been the wild, wild west, as most people have coined this. How do you guys decide? So, okay, we've got successful businessmen. We've got alumni, boosters, passionate members of the Florida State community that are involved in this. They're not making money. So we're trying to build up a base of money that is going to go to players and participate, you know, eventually uh, procure deals and those kinds of things. How do you decide who gets what? What are the percentages? Who's in that room making those decisions? If if there's a player... uh, we know of a certain player, for example, that Florida State had a commitment from. That player, the last second, decided to go somewhere else. We now know that player may have received somewhere in the neighborhood of over a million dollars to do that. How do you guys decide who gets what and how is that divvied up in terms of this player is more important than that player and we more marketable? Sorry, that's a big, broad question. Either one of you are free to answer that and add to our understanding of it. So I'm going to let Lance, Lance
2: was pretty integral uh, in that recruit that you were that you were speaking about uh, in procuring a deal for him that that was unfortunately not able to be presented. So I'm going to let Lance kind of kind of speak on that.
3: Excellent. Well, it, yeah, you know it is the wild west. Uh, it's funny you have salary caps in every professional sport, but college football's gotten crazy, right? Uh, and honestly, we were we were late to the party. I mean, we're FSU. We like to do things the right way. The compliant way and which sometimes means you're slower than uh, some of your competition. Plus we got some issues in Florida that are going to challenge us on speed to market yep. and speed un- understanding Travis Hunter was, it was a very uh, interesting situation. We had a, a dynamic um, opportunity for him for an energy drink that was uh, significant significant size. And we're talking six figures a year, uh, contract for him. Uh, he was going to, it was going to be him in a, a well-known running back in the nfl uh that were going to be the spokesperson you know that, that, that were going to be the endorsed endorsed uh spokespeople um obviously that did not come together you know there was I, it, it was a harsh lesson of the new world and, and it was uh i mean for me it was a and maybe it was naivety but it was a lesson on a little bit of the disingenuous nature of the business and i don't Because let's face it, it's a business and I, and I've always, you know, I grew up in the Bobby Bowden world and uh, it's in our DNA that we, that we do really well in living rooms and and Bobby Bowden sells parents and and kids on, on, uh, on, on a family fatherly uh, experience, shepherdship at Florida state. And, and that always worked for us. And then, uh, and then we had a nice run with Jimbo and we kind of had a bit of a bell curve there. And, uh, and so here we are trying to figure it out again. uh, And the landscape if you ask me, uh, the teams that were doing it the Bobby Bowden way, and and we were probably on, on, on a small list of those, I think were not as prepared a, as those teams that were doing it a different way. I mean, I, I don't mean legal or illegal, just a different way. So, um, you know, that was an unfortunate situation. Uh, it, it, you know, it'll be interesting how that plays out long-term. And if, if that marriage in, in, in Mississippi is there for four years or three years or one year or whatever happens, but, Uh, You know we're prepared, and and we've got we've got corporate partnerships. We've got opportunities um, as we get organized. To your point, Jeff, about who's who's who, who who earns what. I mean, our boys need to do good by doing good, and I don't mean good in the football field. I mean they they need to do good by being out in the community. They need to be good student athletes. They need good representatives of Florida State University. Um, And I think if we if we keep that mantra. There's a lot we can teach them in this process. I mean, FSU is an entrepreneurial school. We have the we have the, you know the school of entrepreneurialism, uh, and every FSU every FSU alumni I know is is uh, is an entrepreneur of heart and kind of that's kind of how we came out of that university with a lot of swag and we're going to teach these kids that same stuff. Uh, you know, it's called capitalism, and I, I think this will be a fun deal. Uh, it, it's just navigating to your point. It's not an exact science. It, you know, we're kind of reactionary. We want to be as proactive as we can for the right players, the right athletes, the right representatives of themselves and of our university and, and, and our, our program. And I think we're getting there. Matt, do you got any more to add on that? Uh, just to kind of address, Jeff, you
2: know, the, 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 I guess the player-by-player player specifics of a deal, right? That, that's really going to be determined by the market. So, so in that Travis Hunter scenario brought to us, right, this, this deal for him, that was determined by the market. And, that, and that's how all of these are going to go with the, with the rising spear um it's not this This is market by market determination
0: okay yeah it makes sense uh and and i've been, we're all learning as we go here uh, we're all trying and that's why i wanted you guys to illuminate that because i i think a lot of people sit out there and think i don't know where to start i think it's fascinating you brought up something lance and and really I'm getting to the core of all this. You guys didn't sit around. Florida State may have been naive. We may have all been naive, but the reality has hit us hard as Knowles that if you want to bring in good players, you have to have these kinds of deals in place to bring them in. No longer is this, hey, it's a wonderful place to live. Put your arm around him. By the way, you know, God and country and all that. That's great. You got to have deals for the top-end players. That's the way this works, and so I, it sounds like you've cut through all of that. You guys have accepted that reality. You've started this group. I wonder this, and Lance, you brought it up. How long does that deal last? Maybe a year, maybe two years. Well, wait a minute. If I give money, and I'm a part of this, and I'm passionately involved in wanting Florida State to succeed, so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to join, and I'm going to be a member at Rising Spear, well, then... What if a kid comes here and we get him the great deal and he decides, screw it, a year and a half later, I'm out? How does this work for a situation where a guy decides to leave? Does it stipend over four years? I know he has to be on campus to get the deal. I'm just kind of curious uh, from that standpoint, what happens if somebody decides to transfer?
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, you know, I think for a lack of better uh, legal terms, I mean, the deals are going to be in place as long as the relationship's in place, right? I mean, as long as, as they're at Florida State and and, and they're representing the entity that, that is paying them for their name, image, and likeness, or they're doing good by doing good through Garnet and they're going to the boys and girls clubs and things like that. Then, uh, and they're earning, earning their fair wage and, and their, and their, their compensation, the deal will be there. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a fascinating, um, evolution and we're still evolving. Obviously we, we and we got boosters and, and, and people that own companies all over the state, all over the country that want to help. Um, but they're not sure how, they're not sure what value they're going to get. You know, one of the challenges we've always had is that Tallahassee is—it's got businesses in Tallahassee, but I'm in Tampa. You, know, Matt's down in South Florida. We got guys in Atlanta, guys in New York, guys in Chicago. It's amazing the representation we have around the country, and they have to find value in a name, image, and likeness of an athlete of at Florida State. So, so, how does that work? And it's a a different deal than if you're in Atlanta and you got a guy in Athens. If you're in Birmingham, you got a guy in Tuscaloosa. If you're in Miami, you have a kid in Miami. So, you know, that that presents a, a little bit of a of a value challenge. But but there's so much enthusiasm. We're getting so much interest and in, uh, 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 incoming incoming calls about about how a player can represent their business. Let's figure it out. Let's do something that makes economic sense for everybody. Uh, and let's get the right players. To Tallahassee. It's in our DNA. I mean, you know, you mentioned um it's kind of who we are it, 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 the university. I, I don't think the university has ever been in better shape than it is right now. I mean, you look at, I, I, I know Dr. McCullough personally, he's unbelievable. He's going to be a great president. Peter Collins, a chair of board trustees, one of my best buddies will do a phenomenal job in that role. I know Mike Alford is going to do a phenomenal job as AD and Norvell is the right guy. So Seminole nation, that's not sure. And this, that, and the other, he is the right guy to take this program where it needs to be. Um, he's got to get players. And Bobby Bowden said it best. It's not X's nose all the time, it's Jimmy's and, good. Does. and We need them. So, I mean, we, so we're figuring it out. Jeff has a long winded answer, but but we're figuring it out.
0: Uh, it's good. It's good. It's a good answer. It's thorough. Uh, to the point, risingspirit.com. You mentioned Garnet. Explain this to folks who haven't gone to the website and don't know the structure. There's the gold membership, there's the Garnet membership. One is obviously uh, a charitable. Uh, donation, uh, another, you know, obviously there's tax-free benefits. There's all of this. Talk a little bit about those two uh, parts of Rising Spear.
2: Yeah, this is where I really think, Jeff, right? That our co-founders and our board of directors really found out a way for the, the perfect solution for the NIL fund, right? Because we have fans that hate NIL. I mean, Bob Davis, right? Our co-founder is not a fan of NIL. He 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 told that to Aslan and Corey uh, on Monday morning. But he's a realist. He understands we need it, right, to compete for national titles. Mm-hmm. So in doing so, he set up two we set up two different funds. Our Garnet Spirit, which is a charitable donation. We team up with the Boys and Girls Club of the Big Bend, Special Olympics, Best Buddies. We team up with with these local charities and our players show up right at, at their events or their clinics that they're putting on so that that side of Rising Spear is a charitable donation. The other side is your typical NIL fund, right? That's the gold member, the gold standard membership. Right, and, and right now we really sh- we really want those two hundred and fifty dollar and up a month donors. I understand it's it's a big number right now. We're offering some really special member benefits. Uh, so on Friday night we're going to be at rooftop above Madison Fifty One. We're going to have a, a, a incredible reception there. Our um, alumni advisory board who check out the website. I mean you got Derek Brooks, Charlie Ward, uh, Jalen Howell. I mean we got some, Megan King. Our alumni advisory board is is awesome. Casey Weldon's on it. Um, And then on on Saturday, if you're a $500 and up a month donor, you will receive access to our box suite. Uh, Once again, due to our board of directors, um, I mean, it's an incredible benefit that nobody else in the country is offering this right now. Florida State, Rising Spear, this is the only one that is offering these kind of benefits.
0: Yeah, and people can – the website's fantastic. I, I, I'll say that unsolicited. I enjoyed navigating that and learning more about the process. And you are talking about something that is different than other organizations involved in NIL, and that really does separate you, uh, the Garnet part of that. I, I find all of this fascinating. Uh, and thank you for illuminating this, guys. I know you've got a lot of shows to do. I appreciate you doing this one. As always, go Knowles. Uh, Lance, Matthew, you guys have been great. You've answered what I needed to know, and I know you'll come back on and do it again if we have further questions down the line, but let's get everybody out there to com and, uh, and and help the Knowles get back to where they want to be. Guys, be well. Have a good rest of the week, and uh, and thanks for doing this.
2: Jeff, can't thank you enough.
0: You've always thank said, you. right? You want the,
2: the Bama training table, right, yeah. which, which we got body by storms? Yeah. And, and now we got rising spear, baby. Right? Yeah. I've been listening to you for a while, so we got—we finally got those two points. Just be good.
3: All hands on deck. See you, Jeff. Thanks, buddy.
2: Later, guys. See you, guys.